1: To the Stadium Journey Podcast. When you're done listening to us here, remember, wear your mask and act responsibly when you're out in public. And uh, our thoughts go out to our fans and our listeners out in uh, Beirut, Lebanon right now. I don't know if you guys saw what happened over there today. I don't know if we have listeners in Beirut, but you know, we might. Stadium Journey's got reviews in 31 different countries, so it's possible. Uh, after you listen to the podcast tonight, don't forget to go to our website, stadiumjourney.com. Uh, we're on social media. You can follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube, on Instagram. Just check out, check us out at Stadium Journey. And the Stadium Journey podcast is proud to be part of the VOC Nation Radio Network. I almost called them something else just now. Don't do that. The Rock. I was called the Rock Radio Network. The Rock Radio Network. W
2: F <laughs>
1: is good. Yeah, I like that. To find our podcast, simply search VOC Nation on your podcast aggregator, or you can find our library of video podcasts on our YouTube channel, Stadium Journey. We simulcast all of our podcasts live, and some of you are there right now at twitch.tv slash Law 83 and you can find every podcast we've ever recorded on the Stadium Journey website itself. Just look under the podcast link on the menu. And joining me tonight, as always, is Dave Cottney. You can follow him at ProFan9. Mark Viquez is on your social media channels at BallparkHunter. You can follow our producer, Dan Kalachiko, the above average comedian at DanLaw83. I am Paul Baker. You can follow me at PuckManRI. And hey, for the first time in months, guys, we're recording tonight without a guest. It's just us. It's intimate. It's special.
2: I'm the guest, technically. I haven't been on the show
1: since. That's a good thing. Is a good thing. Yeah, Mark, you were on a podcast a couple weeks ago and, and the the guy commented said, You guys got great chemistry on your show. So Yeah.
3: That's nice to hear. <laughs> wow, <laughs> it was that's nice great.
1: to hear. That was that was a nice podcast, by the way. I enjoyed it.
3: Thank you. Thank you.
1: I don't remember who it was, but I enjoyed it. Give him you can give me a shout if you remember.
3: Yeah, it was uh Mike Sappho. He's a Yankee fan and a Kentucky uh Wildcat fan. Oh never, so. mind. Like
1: that. <laughs> never Thank mind. you, fan, the best I take back like every nice world. thing I ever said about him. Yeah. Sorry, Mike. yeah, he's he's a good guy. He's a New York guy, so he sure sounded like a New York guy, man. When that when oh. started, but yeah, no. it was like,
3: let me tell you something. When I drive by Yankee Stadium. Hey, I'm like,
1: hey, Markakis, why
2: don't you need, tell us about that?
3: I need a kid this. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he was good. I like the questions too, kind of rapid fire, not your normal questions. So and now you've assured I... you'll never
2: be invited back on ever again.
3: No, I learned a little bit uh, about him. Actually, he has, his his podcast is pretty. Uh, he's got some good guests too, like Howard Johnson of uh, the New York Mets,
1: thirty thirty guy. Howard Johnson, Howard Johnson, the hotel magnate.
3: Yeah,
1: I was thinking the the Mets slugging third baseman of the late eighties, early nineties. The so, Howard Johnson yeah. hotel chain got to start in Quincy, Massachusetts. Oh. which you would know if you ever read the uh, Boston Cannons review on Stadium Journey. But yeah, anyway, I know that. Man. We digress. Our topic tonight is Halls of Fame. So we're gonna talk about all our favorite Halls of Fame from uh, the big sports, maybe now to the little ones, big ones, little ones, middle ones, you name it. So do any of you guys ever remember way back when, I, I don't know how far back this is, Stadium Journey, uh, not Stadium Journey, I got Stadium Journey in your brain, not a bad thing. See, we're doing what we're doing. Sports Illustrated did an article on Interstate 90. If you follow Interstate 90 from one end of the country to the other, you are never further than, like, two hours from any of the big hall of, Halls of Fame. Mm-hmm. Think about it. You start in Boston, you drive across. Basketball Hall of Fame is in Springfield, right off of Route 90. That is Keep right going, off. Uh, if you go through New York, the, uh, the Weightlifting Hall of Fame is in uh, upstate New York somewhere, right off of I-90. The, wonderful. 90. But to the Hockey Hall of Fame. How long does it take to get from Buffalo to Toronto, Dave? Mm, two. Hour and a half to two hours. Hour. hour and a half to hours. Yeah. So there you go. You go through. Uh, football Hall of Fame is in Canton. Oh, and we forgot the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame, which is probably an hour south of I-90 in New in New York. And uh, football is in Canton, which is maybe a half an hour south of I-90. So it's pretty funny to think that they're all on this corridor. Hmm. But anyway, let's let's talk about uh, some of the ones we've been to. We can start obviously uh, with the Big Four. Those are probably the most traveled ones. I have been to three of the big four. I've been to baseball, football, and basketball. I don't know. How about you guys? Four. I've been to all four. Four. All right. So which, sure. let's, let's start with the obvious question. Which ones <laughs> were your favorites?
3: Cooperstown, by far, blows them all away. And I think just because of its uh, small town setting. Because when you get off the interstate, uh i'm trying to think what interstate that is down there 88 88 you go north and it's a two-lane highway you go through small little towns it's very hilly and curvy takes you about a good 20
1: minutes to get up there last so time i went not, there my gps took me on a dirt road i kid you not yeah
3: no i i can believe that that it, it's just it, it you you're like really the hall of fame's up here Are you kidding me if, if you're a little bit naive but once you get there, you get to this magical town where everything centers around baseball. You have baseball card shops, paraphernalia shops, baseball themed uh, stores, uh, old taverns that look like they've been there since the Revolutionary War. It's just such a picturesque place. I've been there three times and I've enjoyed it every single time I've been there. And I really can't say that about the other halls of fame. Not that they're all of them are bad, but just Cooperstown is, to my personal opinion, uh, the best Something well how does it how
2: team. does it compare to the college football hall of fame in atlanta that lloyd brown wants us
1: to talk about <laughs> we'll get there i actually had another was it no it's not atlanta i've heard this the college football hall of fame is gorgeous i have been to another southern hall of fame but we were talking about the big ones first <laughs> yeah the big ones the hold your horses right? i
2: just i, I just <laughs> didn't want to get yelled at by lloyd again
3: <laughs> he's having a good laugh he's gonna Lloyd he you to he's ta- gonna Lloyd you. he's gonna yell at you offered he offered to take me there when i was in Atlanta a couple of years ago but i said no uh looking back maybe i should have taken him up on his offer next time mean. lloyd when i'm down there
1: the college football hall team has got a giant when you come in doesn't have like a giant wall of every college football helmet i mean that alone for me would be worth the price but mark
4: mark it's interesting because uh i agree with everything he said and it's interesting because you weren't talking about the National Baseball Hall of Fame and Heritage Museum. You're talking about Cooperstown, which everybody does. Everybody says Cooperstown. it's Cooperstown. Yeah, yeah, nobody right. says nobody says, well, I'm going to Toronto. Maybe some people say Canton or Springfield or whatever, but really Canton, yeah. uh, really Cooperstown as a town is baseball all-encompassing if if it was ever possible to finagle a ticket or and and have everything so it wasn't absolutely crazy for induction weekend it would be really a magical place um i you know i've said been doing plenty of reading lately uh and you know, in the, in the Pete Rose book that I talked about, that I read, uh, talked about, you know, Pete Rose going to Cooperstown and making appearances on uh, induction weekend. Um, Brad Bluchin in his, in the wax pack, he actually went to meet. Well, meet might be a little bit of a stretch, but he, he went to uh, intercept Carlton Fisk at, at a signing in, in Cooperstown. Um, and you're right. It, 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 but it's funny, everything that you talked about, I mean, you didn't even set foot inside the museum. Nothing about the museum. Yeah. one thing about inside the museum. Now, I, I like I said, I agree with everything you said about the town of Cooperstown. It's, it's really kind of magical. Um, I'm sure there are people there that do something, some things other than having to do with baseball. I don't know what it is. I think they have a hospital. But <laughs> it's like that kind of place, right? Um, but the museum itself is is also it's really kind of neat, uh, and and I, it sort of reminds me back to when we when we talked about movies, and there's just like there's just something romantic about baseball, um, more so than hockey and basketball and, and whatnot. Uh, but the the museum itself uh, I enjoyed greatly, and I think I think the the enshrinement area where they have all the inducted people. Would be my second favorite spot. Um, my favorite spot would be the Hockey Hall of Fame for that, uh, just because of its location. But yeah, I, I would say that uh, I would say that Cooperstown is probably the
3: top of the four.
1: What's the setup at the Hockey Hall of Fame for the in, inductees? So, like, uh, Artiman- for am for, uh, for, uh, sorry, Dave, one second. So for those of you who don't, haven't been to the Baseball Hall of Fame. All the inductees have plaques um, in this giant room. It looks like a cathedral. It looks like a church. You walk in, and there year by year up on the walls plaques mm-hmm. of every player. And so it's it's a gigantic room. They're actually starting to run out of room, so I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah,
3: but, but, yeah, uh, yeah.
1: What Tor- are they doing hockey
4: in in Toronto at the Hockey Hall of Fame? It starts with the building. So the building was an old bank. So uh, the vault is what they call the uh, the great hall, which is upstairs. And they have all of the inductees around on, some of them are, are on the walls. Some of them are on like, like temporary, almost uh, like temporary wall displays that are sort of in the middle because there's not enough wall. Um, but what I think is amazing about it is that Aside from all of the things in there, uh, of all the people, you can also see the Vezina Trophy, the Norris Trophy, the Calder Trophy, um, the Masterton Trophy, and of course they have the Stanley Cup there. Uh, Whether or not it's the real one or the replica one is, I think it all depends on what time you get there. But as you are waiting, Uh, to get your picture with the Stanley Cup, which is something that everybody does, you can look at all of those inductees. And of course, like in in all of the other ones, they have like the the virtual display now too. So if you're looking for someone specific, you just hit like the giant iPad, click, 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 and you can find where they are. Uh, In the old vault spot, they have like the original, original Stanley Cup. So uh, the, the cup that is very small. yeah. Um, and then, of course, one of the things that's unique about the Stanley Cup is if you are on a winning team, you get your name uh, engraved on the cup. Well, of course, that doesn't last forever. So all of the rings that have been uh, taken out of circulation are also in that area. So it's it's probably the least interactive of the Hockey Hall of Fame but it's it's really the kind of enshrinement part, and it puts it all together there, uh, and the the Stanley Cup being that much bigger and more prestigious trophy than I don't even have the foggiest clue what the baseball trophy is
3: called. Commissioner's trophy. Okay, a- and yeah. they manufacture <laughs> one called. of
4: those every year,
3: right? Like, it's
4: not the same yeah. one that yeah. gets
3: used over and over. One.
4: So.
2: Like Vince Lombardi and just a, Larry a, a sidebar. You mentioned the um, the commissioners the cups There, the, uh, can we all agree that the baseball World Series trophy is the ugliest thing I've ever seen?
1: And it looks like it will break.
2: Like, hey, look, you have a guest star. Aww. We do. We have a guest I, host
3: today. Oh, I don't wow, wow. hate it, but but I would agree that it's probably if you compare the top four, yeah, the well, Stanley Cup is by far superior. I was going to say we could.
0: Oh, do don't, we don't agree don't that
2: the Stanley Cup is probably the best, or do you guys I,
1: have
4: I, a different role? And for the I, same I reason, say, like you talk about, uh, like we were talking about, you know, you say the baseball hall of fame. We don't talk about it like that. Was, we call it Cooperstown. Um, the playoffs in in hockey, the it's really the only one where you say it's like it's the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's not the Vince Lombardi game or the, the Larry O'Brien series or anything yeah. like that. Uh, it, you're playing for the Stanley Cup.
3: Yeah, Stanley I mean, Cup there's playoffs. There's a couple
4: other trophies, but not that are similar, but not in not in the big yeah. Form.
3: Yeah, no, like Grey Cup is is kind of cool too.
4: Yeah, the Grey Cup, the Memorial Cup, you know, even the like the Calder, Calder. Cup.
1: Yeah, uh, Boston one time had all the trophies in one one place on a table, and the Stanley Cup just not only does it tower over all of them, it, it's cool. And it, it's the only interactive trophy. I mean, you can take you on know, cup, and you can drink the strip club, and you can drink out of it. You can't do that with, the, with any of the other trophies. So, yeah, it's just, to me, that's the, that's the conversation. When they had
2: the all the trophies in Boston on the table, yeah. I know.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> you know said, we no, all went to Fenway Park to look at way. it. Come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we,
2: have a, we, have a, we have a lacrosse trophy now, me. Yeah, now they
4: have the, the hey, standard. I heard
1: that, the, the Stanfield trophy is 60 pounds. Why did they make it so heavy? That weighs a little more than I do.
4: Which which one is sixty Cup pounds? Is 30, the,
1: Stein- the, the ML oh. trophy. The Stanley Cup itself is thirty five, and guys say it, it's surprised you by how heavy it is. You might like go to grab the trophy for sixty pound phone. Well, it,
4: it could be because they've learned from things like uh in uh, I think it was 07 when the Spokane Chiefs won the Memorial Cup and uh, broke it into two pieces. <laughs>
3: <laughs> on the ice. <laughs> Didn't
1: that happen to two soccer teams this year where they dropped trophies? and Like one was a crystal trophy.
3: Ooh, I can uh, see that. I know that well, happened with, like it, an indoor an indoor football team won the trophy and left the league. Oh no, that the, was the ECHL cut. Yeah, somebody told us that story. I was story.
2: The, the ECHL <laughs> cut was at a strip joint and they broke
3: it. <laughs> yeah, the Colorado Eagles, I think. Or, yeah, it was I, the I Eagles. Was, and, they, and then yeah.
2: they fought about who was going to get it back and who was going to get charged for it, so they just made yeah. another one.
3: Yeah, I'll like screw you guys. Uh, okay, I like that so,
4: commercial, that commercial where the the three guys they they pull a, a a cup out of the the hotel room that had flowers in it, and they're just
3: running around. Yeah. Champions,
4: <laughs> champions! And then they get this big entourage, race falling. falling. Yeah, <laughs> it's just three guys, <laughs> three guys in a cup.
1: <laughs> all right, so so where were we? Uh, all the thing. Okay, so how what do you guys think? I personally was really impressed when I went to the football hall of fame and they have all the busts of all the inductees. That's nice. I thought That's that nice. was really cool. I mean, some of the, some of them look really creepy, but part <laughs> of the fun was, Hey, that looks just like him. That doesn't look a thing like him. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just thought there was this feeling when I walked in that room that I didn't get from the other halls of fame.
3: Yeah. I agree with you on that. I just think uh, the, the football hall of fame as a whole, is disappointing uh i know stephen key and i one of the writers on this website we went there 2018 and that was first time he had he had been there about 20 some years and he's like man i remember this being better and we did like the hall of fame bust we did like walking in there and you're right you can hit you know he's a giants fan so he's you know he's hitting his favorite giant players uh of course you know uh other than that, I mean, it, it was it was a huge disappointment. I thought that it was very lackluster. There was a little bit – I mean, there was history, but they could have done a lot more. And then they had these really goofy videos with Joe Namath in it. Now. Oh, I was going to mention uh, – I was just going to mention that, yeah. I mean, there was this weird Joe Namath video that, you know <laughs> – it's Joe Namath being Joe Namath. But it they said, seems come on so in. This is going to psych
1: you up. And we sat yeah. there for five minutes and said, what the <laughs> hell is this garbage? It, it seemed so out of place. And I think they had somebody playing Vince Lombardi. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, the guy from the Wonder Years. <laughs> was it him, dead, Laura? Dad, Laura? I'm like, the what, years, the, yeah. what is this? This was stupid. And then there was, they had this football card exhibit that just seemed to be just filler. Just, it was this giant space of like 1955 tops cards and it looked cool, but after, I don't know, five minutes, it's like, okay, uh, next. that You didn't get that at the, at the other Hall of Fames. And I'm sure there's a lot more stuff they can put into these Hall of Fames. Uh, they just need the space. And that, that's what they were planning for. They're, they're oh, we're going to have this, you know, we're going to do this in a few years, that in a few years. I, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I'll go back there another 20 years, see how it is. There is a –
2: I know I we're, this doesn't count as the uh, big sports I know that but there is a monster truck hall of fame and the reason why the better. monster
3: hut which is probably better than the can't one in Well Kansas. I was about
2: to say it's called the International Monster Truck Hall of Fame uh it's in well it's in Indiana so you can go take a look at it Really yes it is sir Okay and it's easy to win the hall of fame when you have the actual combatants in the hall of fame, which is these big ass old monster trucks they used to use sitting in this room on display. Most of them have been restored. Cause a lot of them for the like late seventies, early 80, uh, mid to late seventies oh. to the eighties, early nineties,
3: older trucks. Nice. When it was, a I just passed competition. Yes. I <laughs> just, I just passed it the other day. It's like North of Fort Wayne. That's yeah. Yeah. So it,
2: it's in Auburn, I guess.
3: Yeah, Auburn.
2: Yeah, and uh, nice. I'd love to get out there, but as far as, as far as, I know it's a terrible comparison because it's monster trucks and then actual sporting competitions, um, but when you're talking about things to look at, the sport's literally sitting there in
1: the building. <laughs> it's just always, go ahead, Paul. Yeah, that, uh, I went to the NASCAR Hall of Fame in Charlotte. Exactly. And, and I am... In no way, shape, or form, a NASCAR fan, but I loved this museum. And the same thing that you were just saying, Dan, you walk into the lobby, and it's this giant spiral staircase, but it's got a diameter probably of about 50 feet. And you go up, and as you go up the ramp, cars from the beginning of NASCAR all the way through. So, you know, you like Richard Petty's old number 43, there it is. You like Dale Earnhardt's black car, there it is. And you can. To see All these cars. And then after you go through all the to display of all the cars, then you go into the museum at the top of the ramp yeah. and you work your way back down the ramp.
2: Yeah, there's other stuff on display there, but it's literally the main part of the Monster Truck Hall of Fame is this big ass old garage warehouse thing with five or six trucks. And they'll switch them out every year. They'll switch out another one and change it around. But it's like, I mean, you, you, there, there you go. Everything you want
1: is actually there. Yeah, here is the car that won the race. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you can't beat that. Here's the first four link truck. <laughs> All right. Well. All right. So uh, for the basketball hall of fame, did you guys go before they moved or after they I moved? Mean, I went before they moved, but I drove by it after they moved, and I should have stopped. Well, I regret not stopping. Okay. How I, about you? I would, Dave?
3: I would think after
4: because I don't remember it before.
1: the <laughs> The building now looks like a giant golf giant ball. Giant basketball. Yeah, it looks like yeah. a golf ball to me. I don't know. Okay. Um.
4: Uh, yeah. I. I. In the more more modern version is it is okay. when i when I had
2: one
1: um I've been to both, so I can compare has it
2: I'm sorry, has it moved within the last ten years? you mean? Yes, yes, okay, because when I used to go up to Springfield, and I'm talking about like twenty years ago now, I used to go up to Springfield several times a year, and no, I never saw the Springfield AHL team at the time. I don't know why I made such a stupid decision. But whatever, that's that's for another another discussion at another time. But every time the train would start slowing down as you'd get into the Springfield Station, the Amtrak, you'd see the Basketball Hall of Fame go by. Right Right. there. And then that one time did I say, you know, I should really go to that. And I feel like a fool
1: because it was right there and I never went. They've all been there. The basketball one, I thought, was – it's more interactive. the other ones i mean they have an actual basketball court there you can go and you can play a little hoops um they have little things where you could try to you know you could do the agility test where you try to jump and see how high you can jump and you know when i was younger i could jump now if you can slide a dollar bill under my feet when i jump you've done (laughs) um but yet the uh we were just talking about the enshrinement uh galleries and i think basketballs was the least impressive to me because it's it's on like a balcony yeah, it's it's kind of a mashup. They have flax with their faces on them, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a mix of football and basketball, but I don't think it works as well as either one of them.
4: Yeah, and it and it's uh, like if you think of that sort of giant golf ball sort of um, structure, it, it's kind of on the the inside of the outside of that, right? So you're looking de- you can look down at you know the court and some of the interactive stuff while you're on this sort of walkway on this like catwalk around uh to be able to see the uh the the people who are enshrined i mean it it was it was pretty lack it was pretty lackluster and um i remember when we went my wife and kids were like can we go now like but this Mm -hmm. is the whole point that's sad why we're here like i easily i at least need to find dominique wilkins on here (laughs)
1: What's well, something's never changed. What
4: do you mean we gotta go now?
1: <laughs> go shoot some hoops. Daddy's gonna look around. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, all right. So that that's see. uh we kind of touched on the big four. Have, have any of you guys been to any of the uh smaller, less notable Hall of Fames?
4: Well, you know, since we're since we were on the basketball one, what I would
1: say is very
4: similar, Is almost exactly the same as uh, as the the Naismith Hall of Fame in Springfield, without the enshrined members, was in Kansas City the uh, college basketball experience, which might just be the only reason to go to the Sprint Center, it's still called yeah. the Sprint Center. Yeah. That very Concrete. nice arena that has no tenant. No tenant. <laughs> like what was the last real tenant. Like uh, they had an arena football team there a few years ago. Um, the really same never sort of it. thing, you know, that's very it.
1: interactive. No, that's but, not you know, the Kemper Arena, kind of right? That's something that's new, right? No, that the Kemper no, no. Arena is a different. Not in Kemper. It's Kemper yeah. Arena has been redesigned for youth sports now. Yeah. Yes. Yes. yes, yes, this is. I, I go by that one.
4: Yeah, so that one, it, like they're they're very similar. Like the, the college basketball experience. I mean, there are some displays, very specifically about college basketball, but it's much more just you know basketball interactive activities
2: said the last tenant full-time tenant at the it's now the t mobile arena the sprint center oh. was the uh, kansas city command
3: yeah a, uh, arena sounds
2: like workout. an indoor football yeah so but they say they have the big uh, big 12 men's basketball tournament there but full-time mm-hmm. tenant it was the uh, afl
4: yeah i think they have some they have some college basketball there like they'll I'm sure they'll bring in Kansas and Kansas State for a a tournament. They do the rodeo
2: there too, according to
4: this. Oh God, I love the rodeo. (laughs) But yeah, very, very similar.
2: You're born in the wrong part of Canada. You should be from Calgary.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I've never been to the Calgary Stampede. Hey, Hey, we got a
1: review of the Calgary Stampede on Stadium Journey. Oh, nice. I I was there 25 years ago.
4: I did go to the rodeo in Colorado in Colorado Springs. It was. uh, Man, did we stick out like sore thumbs there? <laughs> Why is that? Because uh, so we done. did not have cowboy boots or cowboy hats or like we just totally looked like city slickers. And uh, it was one of these it was one of these kind of small time rodeos where if you want to participate, you you come and you fill out the waiver and you bring your horse and you participate. You know, <laughs> and we, yeah, we. P y o h. Bring your own some horse. guy comes up to me on a on a horse. He's like. So is this your first time here? <laughs> like, was it that obvious? <laughs> well, I hope you're having a great time. I, actually, we did. We had a blast. It was, uh, it was a whole lot of fun.
2: <laughs> I, the rodeos are. I I've, I've been to like small South Jersey rodeos, but i have never been to the major one. But they were always just people having fun with the you know cattle. Might have been a little bit. It's the early nineties, kind of a little bit of abuse going on. But
1: <laughs> yeah, I saw the rodeo monkeys one time. <laughs> Seriously, you never heard of the rodeo monkeys, Mark? You've had to have bumped into no. the rodeo monkeys before in your travels. Is this rodeo guy, monkey. It's a promotion. Oh yeah. Finally, baseball parks. This guy's got a couple of what are they called? Yeah. Border collies. The dogs. Right. And a bunch of little capuchin monkeys, and they do yep. they, the monkeys ride the dogs and do tricks. I, oh, I know yeah, that I've guy. Never, I've never seen them in person, but I know who you're <laughs> talking about. Yeah. I I saw whiplash, him in Asia, South, Maryland. Right? Yeah, Whiplash. That's his name. Yeah. Whiplash. Yeah. 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 And and after He's the cool. game, I think he was probably getting some heat from animal rights activists or something. So he took the exactly. microphone at the end of the thing and he broke down and cried, giving a speech to the crowd about how much he loves mm-hmm. his animals and mm-hmm. how well he treats them. It was, I, I mean, I was, had fun watching them. But
4: at, at the rodeo that I was at, um, one of the one of the guys who rides uh, who does bull riding, his wife came on and started talking about how. Um, we're just looking at, at the animals incorrectly and they are really like, they're really treated like athletes. She actually talked about how they're treated like professional athletes. You know, they are cared for medically and they're given a strict diet and this and that. And the other thing, it was, it was a different perspective for sure. But how do we get on rodeo? Yeah, we got uh, you way, know way off.
1: <laughs> we, okay, we always so get way off.
4: You're, you're talking about, um, we talking about the college basketball experience in, in Kansas City uh, actually the reason why I'm wearing Kansas City Royals hat is for this vastly underrated Hall of Fame which is in Kansas City which is the Negro uh, East
3: Hall yes
1: so, I've been there for I agree with you there. and very, very nice very nice museum
4: yeah and it's, it's on the same museum t- yeah it's on the same ticket as the American Jazz Museum
1: right beside it so that, oh. was,
3: that was good, good no kidding.
1: Make yeah it's nice one admission you get to go to both they're both fantastic yeah if you visit kansas city definitely put that on your i want to spend hours and and even the street that it's on looks like it's from the 40s 19th and vine yeah they've got all the old uh fronts they're like the old concert halls this one's a jazz district yeah famous famous for the kansas city jazz i need to go jazz movement and yeah it's all it looks like it must have back back in the 40s it's fantastic It's, it's
4: not often that i remember things like this but when we went it was probably the
1: hottest day
4: I've ever experienced in life and it wasn't it wasn't muggy it was like it was just like desert hot <laughs> It was probably like I don't know 45 degrees Celsius or something like like it
3: was it was They speak American ridiculously I can't speak American <laughs>
1: What's 45 <laughs> It was damn hot 25 Celsius is about 80 right
3: 25
4: yeah that's about what we got now Something like
1: that, yeah. You
2: should say 45 of... degrees fe- uh, Celsius.
4: Something like that.
2: It was 113 degrees Fahrenheit.
1: That sounds hot. The conversion is wow. nine fifths plus That's 32. Ridiculously hot. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> nine fifths plus 32. That's <laughs> I'm not going outside degrees. Yeah. Or yeah. <laughs> to go the other way, it's five ninths yeah. minus 32. Oh
4: but uh, you know, great great experience in there. Um, I, I think it's. I mean, for me personally, it, it was a, a place to go where I knew I knew very, very little, and uh, everything I'm taking in is just—it's just all new to me. Uh, a little bit difficult in that you don't have that—you know—I know this, and I want to see this. Like I'm searching for Dominique Wilkins or, or Joe Sakic or, or whatever. Um, but, but yeah, very, very enlightening. Uh, you you know it kind of reminded me a little bit of, uh Paul we were there when we were at um Hank Aaron's house you know yeah just that sort of a sense of what it was really like
1: Yeah uh the, the thing i remember the most about the uh the, the negro hall of fame was after you go through you go in and you go look through all the old artifacts and the exhibits and then it, once you're done it kind of loops around and then you come in and you're inside this baseball field
3: yes yep. with
1: with nine statues <laughs> yeah of legendary players that you can just walk right up to them and like say hey what's up it, yeah it was really a nice way to end the experience
4: and i remember yeah, just, going yeah. going and thinking uh explaining to my son because buck o'neill was he was that guy that it just took forever for him to actually get in the hall of fame for some reason. And he had just been enshrined it. And I believe he had to be enshrined posthumously. Um, like he didn't quite live quite long enough. He was like 98 or something when he died and it just wasn't quite long enough, but, uh, but he had quite a significant presence in the, in the Negro league uh, museum.
3: Yeah, I know uh, what I liked about it as well is, um, you know, they show you everything about the Negro League of that time. They they tell you when baseball integrated, and we always know that the Red Sox were the last to integrate, but, you know, New York Yankees didn't integrate until 1955. Uh, they, they tell you some of the stories about what it was like to be a Negro uh, League player back then, uh, contracts, business cards, the hotels they stayed at, the uniforms. Which a lot of those uniforms were a little bit ahead of their time, uh, compared to Major League Baseball. And then Neil, uh, oh, I want to Neil Getty of Rush. Am I saying that right? Getty he donated Lee. Getty Lee. My goodness, Getty
1: Lee of Rush. Neil Getty. Oh, Neil Pert and Getty <laughs> Lee. I think you combined them. I'm ones.
3: getting them mixed up. Yeah, <laughs> Getty Lee donated his baseball, baseball collection of signed balls to the the Negro League, if I recall right. Oh wow. Which just seemed like just seemed out of place. That you know, here's this you know rock and roll star from canada but yeah it's uh fascinating it's not big it's not gigantic like you know those big fours but definitely time worth spending in, in a beautiful city such
1: as kansas city and not um, expensive either it's very affordable and like they said no. you get two for one 10 bucks, 12 10. bucks yeah. yeah
2: now when you say the uh the negro baseball league does it look at all the different leagues that came out
3: because yes, it was, there was more that, than just
2: one. There were several yeah, other leagues that ran that died, and then another one would yeah. pick up.
3: well, you had the negro national the negro American, and then even after baseball was integrated uh you know you still had uh you know you had the Indianapolis clowns were still traveling. they became sort of a barnstorming, and that's something they talk about you know once Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier, the negro leagues you know died out slowly, I think up until the early sixties. Uh, You still had teams playing. But by that time, they were just barnstorming around, uh, making money on the road. They weren't playing in the league. And I really wish they would have kept better records. That's the travesty. Uh, But sometimes, you know, I've talked to some old uh, former players. They would tell you, we would play a game in the afternoon and we would play a game at night. Sometimes we'd play three games. We would play in a park. We would play at a real stadium or, you know, we we were just happy to play and make some
1: money as well. Yeah. Yeah, and the way uh, they would leagues and teams would poach players off of yeah. each other. I remember reading yeah. Satchel Paige's autobiography, not autobiography, I don't think he wrote it, his biography, and they would talk about how you would play in the afternoon for one team, talk yes. get a call or somebody would be waiting at the en- at the entrance to the park, you'd get in their car and you'd drive off and you'd play for another team and another <laughs> team that night. Just yeah, like and probably goes along with the lack of record keeping. There's just that mm-hmm. the contracts weren't really kept up with. How are they going to keep up with the with something like statistics. And, and they drew. I mean, you know, I'm thinking to myself,
3: they used to play in Major League ballparks, and they drew record crowds. And it's just amazing to think that you're an owner of a baseball team. Your team stinks. You're in last place. And you're watching all these great African-American players. Why would you not want to put a couple of them on your team? But, well, again, like, it, was diff- it was a different era. The, so the Philadelphia
2: Stars would play, you know, they had their own home field. And I forgot the name of the stadium, so forgive me, but then the stars would move and play in Shy Park on some nights, and the place would be filled. Yep. So I'm told. Yeah
4: well, and that's yeah. one of the interesting things about the Dodgers is, is even after you know they integrated and, and they had Jackie Robinson and they had some success, um, and everybody has this romantic, "Oh my gosh, the Brooklyn Dodgers, like how could they leave? Like they didn't draw that well. Right. Like, relatively speaking, you know, the Yankees were, were drawing, you know, forty fifty thousand, 50,000 and the Dodgers were, were drawing 20,000 at that
3: time. Yeah. And that stadium, you know, you got to think about it. Uh, yeah. Everybody romanticizes about Ebbets Field. But uh, there's this great book that I have somewhere here. It tells you how the bathrooms at Ebbets Field were just in such squalid conditions that they had to redo the women's bathroom because no woman would go to a game and use that bathroom. So uh, a ballpark built in about 1912, what it looked like in the late 50s, I can just imagine how how it reeked of foul odor. Like we so, yeah, McFielders to this day? Yeah, that's what they say. Yeah, you, we romanticized it, but you weren't there in the 1950s using the bathroom or walking down a concourse. It was yeah, in bad shape. You probably
1: aren't old enough to ever have to use a trough in a men's room, are you? Have you been to Buffalo?
4: Hello? Uh, I have been to Buffalo.
1: They, they didn't have I've a trough had, in Buffalo.
4: They they had troughs when I
1: was there in
4: 99 at uh, Ralph Wilson okay. Stadium. Oh, right? no. You know what?
1: No. When I was tru- when I was a kid, they had trucks at Fenway.
3: And, and when I was yeah. in Argentina, I, you Oof. would stand when you had to defecate in a rest in a, in a bathroom. <laughs> you would stand and do your business.
1: Nope.
3: I was about 12 years old. Yeah. I I rather take a trough. At least you get to sit down.
1: You don't know, sit in the trough. No. <laughs>
3: I mean, you can. It's
2: an unpleasant experience. Uh, no, no, you you be like a trough for number you one.
3: <laughs> oh, for no. Okay. Oh yeah. They, yeah. Butler. The Butler Fieldhouse. Uh, Hinkle
1: Fieldhouse had that.
3: I, they, I think Walmart. they may have replaced it.
1: Where was I? Not, not oh yeah. Oh, uh, in the Appla- Burlington in the Appalachian League. I went to oh, use that's... the bathroom. They had a truck there. I had to take a yeah. picture, show my wife. This is where I had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. When I was a kid. One of these, oh, all these living living is all standing it. around you.
3: <laughs> oh yeah. They put the ice in there? They don't even put like the free taking of ice. pictures in the bathroom. I was the only one in hey. here, Dave. <laughs> I've done that. I've I've gone to a ballpark where the restrooms look very uh retro or art deco. Yeah, I'll take some pictures. But nobody's in there. I don't want anybody right, right. thinking I'm doing something uh, nefarious. Well, we're oh, we are it.
1: nothing. That's nothing. <laughs> Things we talked about in this podcast that were not on. Defecation, the original urination. <laughs> I thank God I didn't live through the spectrum trough days.
3: Bloody stools.
1: <laughs> I uh, used a, a janitor sink in the spectrum one time. I, I told you that story. I yeah,
2: I remember. And trust <laughs> me, they probably never knew the difference.
1: There was a line when I was when I left the janitor's closet. There was a line to get in there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're <laughs>
2: not like I said. You're not the only one, and you weren't the only one that night or that year.
1: That was an well, R.E.M. Philly concert, fans. if I remember correctly.
3: Yeah, they're Philly fans, so they know.
2: All right, hey, anyway, all right, back to hold Hollywood. on a second. Hold on a second. <laughs> you just called the lead singer of Rush, Neil Lee. Be quiet.
3: Yeah. <laughs> okay. and Slip. At was least Neil? I know no, who Neil, the Neil, hell Getty. Getty he Lee Getty Lee, I know. I, I was looking for a correction.
2: Neil Getty, okay. yeah. Sorry. I didn't is, I never got least in least into rush. In rush. Neil Listen, Getty. I had, man, buddy, I, had, I had a buddy
3: I had I had buddy named Brian Ferrara. He tried to get me into rush back in junior year of high school. I was wanted to be in the, I was a big fan of Chili Peppers. Oh yeah, we had
2: Larry back. Ferrari. Yeah.
1: Okay. Halls of fame. fame. Rock and that roll. What we're talking about? All, of fame. For, All right, forgot. let's take way let's take look at the rock
4: totally and roll.
1: I, hey, it was on my list. I've been to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame.
4: Yeah. Uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Cleveland Rocks.
1: They got Peter Gabriel's nice. jacket the there from the Land yeah, Lies Down like, on Broadway like the, tour. I don't like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame.
4: Really? It was It was cool. Well,
1: it was yeah, I, don't like,
3: mm. I don't like Cleveland, so we really. enjoyed it. Cleveland Have Oxford. you
4: been to the Country Music Hall
3: of Fame? Where is no. It? In Memphis? Nashville? Nashville. Nashville. Of course. Nashville. 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 Uh, we, you know what?
4: We went to the, we went to the um, Country Music Hall of Fame not being country music people at all. And we really only went to it for one reason, because... Shania Twain. No, because the Roy studio Clark. tour was part of it.
3: Rock and the Miller. studio
4: tour was amazing. Um, you actually hop on a bus and, and they go and take you to this, you know, old school Nashville uh, recording studio. And funny enough... Ladies and gentlemen, Conway the, the, No, it wasn't really about country music at all. It was Elvis's favorite studio. So they had this like giant golden piano that Elvis used to use all the time and, and he wanted to take it, but they wouldn't let him. And our tour guide was amazing. She used to work for Dolly Parton, so she had about a million and seven stories. But, uh, yeah, the Country Music Hall of Fame in Nashville is worth it, especially if you do the studio tour. Um, they had uh, the dress, the Reba McIntyre dress there. What, what is the dress? The the red dress that she wore to some award ceremony when everybody went, whoa. It's kind of like the Jennifer Lopez dress of country music, I think.
3: Meh. Wow, that's 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 a step down. I did see Reba in concert in Houston at the rodeo at the Astrodome and uh, she put on one hell of a show. So I, I love be some Reba, but I'll have to check out this dress. My wife <laughs> enjoys her show. Yeah, no, her show was, was good family, clean fun. But uh, I have a Hall of Fame that you guys probably haven't gone to. It's the Indiana High School Hall of Fame. And that's over in Newcastle, Indiana, right off of I-70. Maybe about 15 miles, eh, about, 10, about 15 minutes north of the I-70. You sure uh, it's, it? a high school, it's a high school Hall of Fame, but it is amazing. It's five bucks to get in, maybe six now. Uh, history galore. Jerseys, old basketball hoops, old scoreboards videos. It is very well done. It is very impressive. And I would recommend that over the stupid football hall of fame in Canton. That's how much I like it. And it's right next to one of the largest high school gyms in the world, if not the biggest, depending on who you talk to now. Uh, But, you know, for five, six bucks, you get a nice little history of high school basketball. Uh, And you may not even be a basketball fan, but it's really well presented. I, I think that's what I like about Hall of Fames. If there is something in there that you may not be the biggest fan, like, you know, like the Country Hall of Fame, I'm not a country fan, but if it's presented well and is a good value, yes, that's that's the key to making people want to come back and doing podcasts to mention your
1: name. Hey, that's exactly what I said about the NASCAR Hall of Fame earlier. I would go yeah. back there and I could, uh, you couldn't pay me to sit through a NASCAR race, but yeah. the oh, just like the,
3: the Indy 500 Hall of Famer Museum is Oh, yeah,
1: I've been to there. That. that was a really interesting it, one.
3: It's it's nice because you got all the old cars, but it's right. it's nothing spectacular. You know, it's a... I like the cars,
1: mean,
3: yeah. Yeah, I mean, the cars, yeah, definitely. And then, you know, you get, you can take a tour around the track and, you know, there's other things inside the track. So that sort of combines everything. So that maybe that fits in the Cooper's tent a little bit. You go for the whole you go for the whole uh, element, the ambiance.
4: And uh, and it's a
3: nice little part of town, too.
4: They fixed it up. And Penske announced today that the Indy 500
3: will be with no fans. No fans. So does that Maybe mean you're we'll going to be
4: able to watch on TV?
3: Yes. They made that announcement a few weeks ago. It's only the second time since 1957. Uh, they allowed fans to watch it during the 100th anniversary race because it was officially sold out. So... But see, that's the tradition here. People put it on the radio. They have their barbecues and their cookouts, and all you hear on the
1: radio is row, row, <laughs> hey, how do you hear listen playing? to that on
3: the radio? And
1: he's going left. <laughs> yeah.
3: Where I, you know, I found like when I watch it on TV, I was like, oh, this is actually this gets me a little more interested in the 500. But that whole that all started back in the 1950s, where you know baseball teams were worried about attendance yep. and. You know, the Indy 500, for some reason, still thinks it's the 1950s, and Eisenhower is our president, and Nixon's the vice president. So, I um, mean, yeah.
1: I'm glad it's going to be on TV. Well, people may not know about the Speedways. It's not an oval like the NASCAR ones. It's it's like, kind of no. like a road it's like, course. It's got, It's like an amoeba, yeah. Yeah, it turns both ways. There's a golf course inside of it. There's all kinds of stuff. Yeah, you can fit, like, one. the Vatican
3: City in there and Yankee yeah. Stadium and, like, 50 other stadiums. It's pretty big. It oh. is huge, but uh, it's not going to be the same this year without that, the atmosphere prior to the game. yeah.
2: I, I would say that uh, arguably the race. uh, races are easier to watch on TV without a crowd because you can't hear them anyway. Ah,
3: good point. Yeah.
2: I mean, I've been I saying this. I've been watching hockey for the last week and a half, and uh, it makes no difference to me. I am sh- I don't know, and I won't pretend to know as an athlete playing the game if it feels different. But watching it on TV, especially when millbury's on and I can hit mute, mm-hmm. it sounds – it looks – it's the same damn thing.
4: Yeah. Well, they're using the EA Sports kind of sounds, are they not? I know they are. From for what the I heard, yeah, it sounds right like they're
2: using the, the simulated sound. And when the team scores uh, – I've learned – I've found out, though, when I do unmute it, that home team, visiting team doesn't matter yeah uh, not really when 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 anybody scores they play the horn and the music so it doesn't matter there is no they only use the home visiting team for what jersey who was going to wear it that night
4: but we uh like we were talking before um you know jake muzzin got a bad hit and they had to bring out the stretcher and it was it was creepy silent uh you know obviously there's it, it would be quiet in a in any case but uh but yeah, with nobody in the building, it was it was really weird, weird silence.
2: Uh I just want to shout out Momo Chan Jones. Momo's on, who said that she's been to the Baseball Hall of Fame and it was a lot of fun and that she would also love to go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which uh, I need to go to. And, and my Rock and Roll Hall of Fame visit would say Beatles, Pink Floyd, Janice's, and I'll see you later.
1: I, it, it, I kind of downplayed it before but it was interesting and it's got to be i've been there twice. do they still have that big huge pink floyd display when you walk in with the wall thing yes they do Uh, i was there which was four or five years ago so we were we were just talking about a couple of uh halls of fame that are in appropriate spots another one that's in a very appropriate spot is the swimming and diving hall of fame which is located in fort lauderdale florida I discovered that one one time, I was walking down the beach, I was 17, we took a family vacation down to Fort Lauderdale, and of course, I'm 17 with my family, so I was doing everything I could to get away from my family, <laughs> so walking down the beach by myself, and hey, it's the it's Swimming and Diving Hall of Fame, so I paid whatever, this was 1983, paid my five bucks or whatever, went in, and don't remember a whole lot about it, except they were they had full-size Olympic pools and diving boards there. So you got to go up on the high dive, the ten meter platform, and look down, and I don't know how people do that, man. That's the only thing I can really remember about that. That and the Johnny Weissmuller exhibit and the yeah. and the uh, Mark Spitz exhibit were all I can really remember about it.
4: Well, if you want to go, I think to the opposite course, opposite coast, uh, and go north, you can go to the World Golf Hall of Fame, which is in St. Augustine, Florida. Oh joy! I never went in it, but it's there
1: okay so talking about a hall of fame that would probably be in an unexpected spot ernie are you familiar with where the tennis hall of fame is the international tennis hall of fame
3: nada if, if
1: james hilton is listening
3: newport would, newport rhode island
1: yes newport rhode island the casino in newport which is actually not wow. a. wow it's on Bellevue uf the cool thing about the tennis hall of fame is you, uh, you buy your ticket, you walk in, right in front of you is a full-size tennis court that you can rent and play on. And then uh, if you take a right, you go into the museum. If you continue going straight, you end up in the casino, which is where the uh, the Hall of Fame tournament is held every summer. So there are probably a half dozen courts back there where uh, during July, there's action going on in all of them. I've been to that tournament, it's really a lot of fun. So if you, get, if you ever go to the Hall of Fame tournament, you get access to the hall of fame. You get access to the courts. Uh, players are playing inches, literally inches away from you. I remember standing on the baseline of one of the courts and I played tennis in high school. So, you know, I thought I had stuff, you know, and I'm like, I could probably start hitting these balls. Then the guy started getting serious Yeah, no. and they're now they're hitting them 90, a hundred miles an hour. And they're picking the ball inches off of my nose. I'm like, all right, I take back everything I just said, <laughs> but it's, it's a nice experience. Um, not a very interactive the museum itself is kind of small but having the courts there makes it really cool so that is yeah that's in newport rhode island uh and, and
4: sort of different one uh in a in a really kind of different location the canadian football hall of fame is in tim horton's field which is the home of the hamilton tiger cats uh, used to they used to have a well it's, it, it's bounced around a bit at one point it was at exhibition place in Toronto. And then uh, and CFL fans would sit would tell you that that's the worst possible location for it because you know Toronto is not the strongest market for Canadian <laughs> football. Um, and then it was in downtown Hamilton. they had their own building. And that's where I went to. In the last sort of three years, it moved, and they have it actually in the club section on the club level. Uh, at tim hortons field so um you can there there are some off hours where you can just go and, and look at it there's there's actually no charge to go there uh, really so all all the busts are are outside of the club so you can go and see your Warren moon and you know pinball Clemens and and uh jeff garcia and those guys Peter brock Peter brock definitely and then if you go inside the club, which they'll they'll let you do because it's just kind of a step in. Uh, they actually have a great cup in there, and usually some some artifacts. It's a little bit more of a, a rotating uh, kind of uh, a rotating kind of deal. But that it's it's not in a location that I ever would have guessed. Now it makes a lot of sense. They don't have to pay rent. Uh, they don't have to to do a whole lot of upkeep to, you know. To maintain a building and all that kind of stuff too so worth checking out though
1: okay i was going to save this question for the end but it seems like an appropriate time to squeeze it in we're not going to talk about all the individual team hall of fames because we don't want to go that long and there's too many are there any team hall of fames that you've been to that have really impressed you green bay packers definitely by
3: far uh green bay and, and the cincinnati reds those are the two that stand out. Uh, Separate building, separate admission, Uh, both have great history, and they're just very well done. Uh, Once again, not a Packer fan, not a Reds fan, but my goodness, that definitely piqued my interest and was extremely impressed with what I saw there.
4: I I was going to say the Cincinnati Reds Hall of Fame. Um, The St. Louis Louis Cardinals isn't too bad, uh, but the Reds is one, and I, I suppose I've been there about three times. Um, my son being a big Reds fan, that helps. Um, and they have they have one of the best assortments of sort of bronze statues. No matter what you think of of Pete Rose, um, his bronze statue outside of Great American Ballpark is brilliant. Uh, him sliding head first with the hair and everything. It's uh, yeah. and they have um, they have a baseball uh, for each, they have a wall of baseballs, one for each hit in his career. So they have a wall of like one hundred and something, something baseball. Pretty impressive. Uh, but they do treat it like a hall of fame too. They, they do have inductees and, and honored members and, and all those kinds of things too. But uh, I, I really enjoyed that. Um, probably the one of the most unique ones that surprised me was the, uh, the Bud Selig experience.
3: Oh yeah. At That's Miller good.
4: Park or what was formerly Miller Park. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's Miller it, Park.
3: I'm calling it Miller Park.
4: It's, <laughs> <laughs> it, it really shows, uh, you know, outside of Milwaukee, you know, Bud Selig being the commissioner, and he was kind of goofy, and he was part of the whole contraction thing, and a lot of labor unrest. But man, is he popular in Milwaukee, hmm. and uh, and and the way they they treated him, you know, bringing bringing in the uh, Brewers from from Seattle after they had lost the Braves, um, yeah, a, a a little bit different. Uh, different scenario but
1: interesting
2: uh Momo yeah, asked us in the chat so i don't know the answer so i'm going to throw it out there what about the cubs hall of fame
1: is there one do they have one
2: I don't is have
3: one. that wrigley field the, C-
4: the cubs have a museum now uh oh. i don't I, I don't know if i would classify it as a hall of fame because i don't think it works that way um like i don't think they have you know members and, and and this you know inductees inductees and that kind of yeah. stuff um, it's relatively huh. new it was part of their
3: the, the, big the construction
4: project where you know they had the big they have the big open space it's in what was formerly a warehouse like kind of across the road uh the team the big team store is in there too
3: oh okay i think huh. i know what
1: you're talking about yeah yeah
3: and, and I can piggyback on what Dave had said about uh, Bud Selig. Yeah, he is he is uh, glorified out there. When Stephen Key went out to see a game there a few years ago, uh, someone was crying after we watched a video presentation. And there's actually a hologram of Bud Selig, and he ends it with a thumbs up. So Steve, being the wise guy is, has a tissue, and he goes, here, do you need this? <laughs> She's like, oh, stop. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen anybody get teary-eyed over front ceiling. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I was like, okay. I saw a different picture. Of I mean, man, he's dude, certainly
2: it. about 300 steps ahead of Manfred.
1: Oh yeah. No, I, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, in the city of Milwaukee, you know why he would be a legend. Yeah, and it makes. He sense. did bring very baseball very back sense. to the city. He brought, yeah, yeah. A, a couple of team Hall of Fames. I were I was thinking about. Um, I don't know if this is actually a Hall of Fame, but uh, Yankee Stadium, if you get a chance to take a tour, they have a, an exhibit with a bunch of different things in it, uh, including a baseball from every player, autographed baseball from every player who's played for the Yankees. Well, the stadium um, feels from like a certain a on. And then you also get to go out and tour Monument Park, which is by itself a really awesome place to check out. Um, the Hall of team, baseball team Hall of Fame I really enjoyed. In addition to the Reds were the Braves. No, I don't think they have the same setup at Truist Park. And Lloyd, if you're watching, you and I went to this together, so I should probably remember this a little better. Um, but at Send Turner your Field, eight
2: letters to Paul,
1: not me. At Turner Field they had a really nice Hall of Fame. I don't
2: remember. I,
4: I think at it, Turner yeah. it was it was separate though, huh. was it not? Yes, it was yeah. separate.
1: Yes, I it must, was. Yeah,
4: I must and, not have... and the new and the newer one, which which does have kinda of inductees and in, in that sort of deal. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's on the concourse. Um, it's it's on the concourse. I mean, if if we're comparing ones like that, uh, the Steelers kind of jump kind of jumps out. Yeah. Uh, the great, I think it's called the Great Hall.
1: Yep. Yeah, the um, Steelers. It's right there on the concourse.
4: Yeah, it, and it's it's pretty it's pretty impressive as well. Uh, but th- those are the ones that kind of yeah. jump out for me. Well,
1: and I don't want to sound like a homer here, but uh, you've got to check out the Patriots Hall of Fame if you're in Foxborough. Mm-hmm. It's a separate building, two story, uh, modern. Um, interactive. They've got the snowplow there from the snowplow game. Uh, you can, you can kick field goals in the snow, like Adam Vinatieri did. Uh, you can make an interception like, uh, like Butler did. And can you falls. fumble the ball and, and not have it called against you too? You cannot do that because that was the rule at the time. There's uh <laughs> there's movies there. There's just, it's really a, a well-done museum. And I say this. As I a, have been there. still done,
3: but no, it is I still very been well there. done.
1: Yeah, and and then uh, like St. Louis
3: Cardinals, who I don't like, they have a great museum as well that's in the ballpark village that Mm -hmm. is separate. Uh, Unlike Kansas City, that has it in on the outfield concourse, which is very nice. Don't get me wrong, very nice, Uh, but I don't know. That's the thing, like you know, like even the Mets, when you walk into their gift shop, there's their Hall of Fame. (laughs) That's not a very well done one in my book. Yeah, if you're a Met fan, it's awesome to see the stuff, but you're right, it, it it could be better. Sometimes be I, I I would say that
4: most times, um, taking the stadium tour, and then getting the, the the Hall of Fame as part of that tour is really the way to go. I mean, it, we yeah. did that with the Reds, uh, we did it with the Cardinals, we did it with the Royals. Yeah, the, we did it with the Dodgers this past winter. Yeah, did it. I did it with the Dodgers. Um, that's something that that we sort of just picked up along the way. It wasn't something that we ever did a lot, uh, but but started picking up doing ballpark tours. and, and, and yeah. All
1: right, they, Quick they question were, then. Best quite, ballpark tour you've been on?
4: Best one?
1: Wow. Mm. Yeah. Right, While well, no, you I guys thinking, I will say... San,
4: San Diego was really good.
1: San Francisco was a really good one. Really? I, that. I was, was going to say
4: that was the worst one.
1: Boston I was, was one. the worst one I've been on. <laughs> Oakland.
4: Boston,
3: Boston was, weird. yeah.
4: Well, Boston the worst one I've
3: been in with Toronto. The, the Rogers Center
4: tour was, was pretty awful. Uh, when we were when we went to San Francisco, that,
3: that tour a was lot bad of because anymore. of
4: our tour guide.
3: Tour guide and, and makes a break always, you things.
4: get great tour guides, right? Like these old codgers who were ushers for 40 years or whatever, and they've got
1: know No, every stories. secret ever of yeah. the ballpark, yeah.
4: Yeah. Uh Rogers Center, we didn't have that. We just had some lady who did tours and really knew nothing. <laughs> um but at well, San Francisco, uh, and my kids will
3: take us totally
4: at this, um, everything our our guy said ended with "pretty cool." Pretty cool. So <laughs> <laughs> pretty, <laughs> pretty cool.
3: I, pretty, pretty cool, cool there. Yeah. In
4: the front, uh, in the front of of what's now Oracle Park, <laughs> they have 24 palm trees. So he, th- so this is how he goes out. 24 palm trees. Willie Mays, number 24. Pretty cool. Pretty cool.
3: <laughs> <laughs> pretty cool. Pretty <laughs> cool. Yeah, i only think I've taken one ballpark tour. That that's uh Safe Go Field, whatever what's it called? Team what, what's what's it called? It has a different name. Is it uh, T Mobile now?
1: Uh,
3: yeah. yeah. Is it T Mobile? I, I thought it was. Yeah, I've taken a lot of football stadium tours like Sky Dome and uh, Superdome and the Georgia Dome. I think with the Georgia Dome, I was the only person on the tour. So this woman just took me to places <laughs> you're not supposed to go
4: to. We did uh Wrigley Field. On a Sunday, and it was the first tour of the day, and there were people who were um, having mass. They were doing a mass in, in Wrigley Field. In Wrigley oh, nice. Field, yep. Like uh, there was a priest down in kind of the inner concourse, and and, and everybody was sitting up in uh, in a section, and they were and they were having mass.
1: What's what's that prayer that somebody does to the baseball? Our Father who art in the bleachers, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The only football one I can think of that I did was. Uh, was Dallas, and that was a really good one. You got to go with Jerry Jones's per- personal box, his luxury suite. Um, you got to go down in the field. It was pretty good. Pretty cool. We yeah, did. Yeah. We did Denver,
4: which was which was pretty good. Uh, Minnesota was very good. Um, mainly because they were oh, yeah. they were they were just all of these different sort of
3: things, and
4: uh, like the players actually walk through like the super bougie bougie club before they go on the field by design. Is that, bougie bougie Is that the name of it, the
1: Bougie
4: Bougie Club? Pardon?
1: Is that the name of it, the Boogie Bougie Club? Yes.
4: It has something. Whatever Ziggy wants to call it, it's the Ziggy <laughs> Wolf's uh, homestead. Um, but one of the uh, one of the unique things that was happening when we were there, it was on a March break trip, and they were getting ready for uh, the Final Four. And the thing with U.S. Bank Stadium, which is neat, is it's designed to look like a Viking ship, Mm -hmm. and there's a ton of glass. Yep. And the NCAA didn't like it, so when we were there, they were spending about ten million dollars to put opaque stickers, or I don't know what it was, on top of on this glass, so that the light would not come
1: in (laughs) for the basketball game. Were they afraid it was going to like throw off the uh, the shooting background or something?
4: The, the NCAA know? with the Final Four is pretty ridiculous, um, almost as ridiculous as the Olympics. <laughs>
3: mm. So I was uh, there for the X Games, something like that. They had the X Games inside the building uh, when I took uh, the tour. So always something going on there besides uh, football. So.
1: Beautiful Beautiful facility, love it. All right, guys. I wanted to wrap our Hall of Fame discussion with one Hall of Fame that I bet, Dave. I bet you've been here, um, but I bet it wouldn't be something that we think of including a conversation like that. The Toy Hall of Fame in Rochester. Oh yeah, (laughs) Rochester, man. Oh yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I
4: love that place.
1: (laughs) I was actually kind of disappointed in the Toy Hall of Fame. Because you can't play with it much stuff there.
4: <laughs> That's true. Although you know, you know, yeah. you, if if Dan was older, he would love the Toy Hall of Fame because he would just go and hang out in the arcade.
1: And oh he, yeah, the arcade was the highlight. The,
4: of- I, the arcade was amazing. Uh, my favorite part of the Toy Hall of Fame, definitely uh, the display on the world's worst toys. Uh, the oh, wow. highlight of which?
1: I don't remember. Lawn that.
4: darts. The world's most dangerous toy. Lawn <laughs> we darts. We used to play those all the time. And, and there, the little inscription says that lawn darts are so dangerous that they will never be listed on eBay. If you try and list like old school lawn I know they have lawn
1: darts now. Yeah. But lawn darts, and those things were hefty. They like had, the had some weight ones. to
4: them. Yeah. The old school ones with the point,
1: right? Well, yeah, you throw them and they stick in the ground.
4: So many kids got hurt with those.
1: Or your but foot. But if you try and
4: if you try and list those on eBay, eBay will take them off.
1: I did not know that.
3: <laughs> now, I have a friend who still has his set from oh, the 1970s, man. early 80s. Yeah, I don't it's know when it's they were funny when
1: Bambi. it's funny when you go to the uh, inductee room because it's yeah. got the toys like and some of the some of the toys make sense like all right Monopoly is in the Toy Hall of Fame for yeah. okay, hula hoop stuff like that. Then you got like stick. You know, some really weird stuff to go along with with the Um, classic, classic toys. Yeah, yeah. The arcade was the highlight for
4: me. Yes, definitely, the arcade was a highlight.
1: Yeah, any '80s era video game you ever want to see is there. You gotta pay, but and good
4: value though. Like it's buy Tokens, and the tokens are, I think it's like, uh, six for a dollar. No. and the game so and then the games are less. <laughs> basically, to play a game is less than a quarter.
3: Yeah. So yeah, they quarter cheaper than it was, than it was
4: when
1: you were a kid.
3: Yeah. Yeah, they were a quarter. Then they yeah, went these, fifty like, now, cents.
1: Then when they got to premium games, and it was like a dollar for a game. Like yeah. Well,
3: yeah. Remember Space Ace when that came out? That was a little oh, bit yeah.
1: higher. Dirt and very. What was that? Yeah. that Dragon Slayer. Some... Dragon's,
3: Dragon's Lair. was another one. Have you ever gone to some of these bars like sixteen bit where you can play video games for free and drink? Like like those Eagles. are a lot of fun. No. Yeah, we, we have we have some in Indianapolis. Uh it's an arcade bar. You get a beer, all the games are free. As long as you're drinking.
1: Yeah. yeah. So you're, bother you. If you ever now, find you yourself have... in Rochester, New York, the Toy Hall of Fame, man.
3: Yeah.
4: And oh. Dinosaur Barbecue.
1: Right, you know what? The Hall of Fame I've also been to. I forgot the mascot Hall of Fame. Whoa, I've not been that? there yet. And that's that that's is two hours. if our uh, correspondent Eric is listening. Yes, it's in this way out of the way drive through this industrial park, the the steel big, mills, big pollution plants and stuff, and you feel like you're steel back mills back of northern in Indiana,
3: Indiana.
1: <laughs> and it's a little suburb of Chicago somewhere, and it, it was really disappointing. It's really uh. Eric is listening, he's going to kill me, but it's it's geared to little kids. It's a little kid museum. It's oh. like a children's well, museum.
3: And then some of their inductees, like they have Boomer from the Pacers. I they, mean, it's, they, it's really he's
1: paid to be there, I think. Really?
3: I mean, I it's, it's, he he does not compare to the Philly Fanatic or Mr. Matt or even Felix the Cat. I guess Felix the Cat from Logansport High School made the Hall of Fame, which makes sense. He's been around since the 20s. But Boomer? I don't know.
1: Yeah, so... I, I mean, if, you, if you're into mascots, it's worth a check, out, <laughs> But I wouldn't put it at the top of my list. Yeah, I, I haven't eating, been there. Uh, yet.
4: I enjoyed the bobblehead. I guess yeah, it was more Milwaukee. of a museum. It wasn't really a hall yeah. of fame, but yeah, the bobblehead was, museum in in Milwaukee. That was uh, yeah.
1: That was a good lark. Yeah, this place is like that all over. Like in Denver, they've got the ballpark museum. It's, there's, Momo, there's Momo like Jones says
2: they have a barcade in New York City.
1: Yeah, arcades, They arcades no, in
2: different,
3: different places. places. And and I think Cincinnati has a like an old fat old sign uh, museum, old neon signs.
1: Oh Las Vegas has them. I've been
3: to that. Las Vegas, Las has, Vegas one has, one has one too. Yeah, but yeah. Cincinnati has something that Paul Lucas on UniWatch talks about. Uh, and like I said, that's very close to me. I don't know why I haven't – well, I don't know. I'm going to be in Cincinnati in a couple weeks for baseball. So, oh, through there, so maybe there's
2: one in Fishtown. Yeah, maybe, maybe. There's Fishtown. a barcade in Fishtown. Fishtown.
1: Fishtown. Yeah, in Philly. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I know Fishtown. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. This, this would be the part of the show where we talk about any ballparks we've been to. Has anybody been to a real, actual ballpark? Mark has. Mark is ready, like jumping up and down, like me, me, me. me, me, Oh, yeah.
3: Look at that. The pit spitters of Traverse City. Uh, Well, it all started off with me driving to Lansing, which is about a little over three hours from where I live. And it was the first game of the Lemonade League, uh, which you can uh, look at the video review on on, uh, Stadium Journey. You can also check out my review as well on Stadium Journey. It's all there. Check it out. Great. Uh, So so the Lemonade League was created. Because the minor league baseball season got canceled. So the Lansing Lugnuts said, hey, let's make lemonade. We'll make the lemonade league. Uh, so seven innings, a yellow baseball, which I find fascinating. I'm not the only one. They, they've sold about three dozen uh, yellow baseballs. So Are they going to make them yellow? Them or no, that, Rawlings makes a yellow baseball. Okay. They already exist. And they said they just happened to somebody saw that and said, hey, this would be a cool idea. So, they weren't specially made for the club they were they always had existed and actually major league baseball used them back in the 30s for a few games but that's another story look that up but um easier
1: to see in the twilight maybe
3: yeah no well yeah i I can write an article on that that was it's, it's a good story it's a good story you should read it uh you should read the actual story maybe i'll just post that up i don't need to write it but uh, so the Lemonade League is at Cooley Law School Stadium, home of the Lugnuts. Uh All the fans were sitting in the concourse area in, in the outfield, only 100 people. I have to admit it wasn't that exciting walking around an empty concourse. <laughs> but the outfield area was really, really nice, packed with people. Everybody was sitting on chairs and and benches. You really couldn't hear the loudspeaker out there. Some people complain about that. But plenty of food, plenty of drinks. And it was just nice to have baseball back again. Uh, So that was the only thing that I was going to do. I was going to drive there. I was going to come back. And I realized that I was three hours away from Traverse City, Michigan, which is this resort place on the lake uh, in northern Michigan. And I said, what the heck? I'm this close. I'm not going to drive all the way back and then drive back again. Uh, So I went to Turtle Creek Stadium to see the Pit Spitters who in that part of Michigan, they could allow up to 500 people to the game. So 500 people were at this game. It was sold out. And I had a blast. It was as if coronavirus was not happening. You had people uh, in the seats cheering. You had promotions on the field. You had the mascot running around. Uh, They didn't have all their concession stands open, but it was more than enough uh, to satisfy the, the masses there. Uh, they had uh, they have like two bar areas uh, located uh, at the stadium, full of craft beer and spirits, and uh, they have some kind of pit spitter punch that they're known for. You know, kind of the stuff you drink at college frat parties back in the day. God knows what's in there. One heck Great of a alcohol. good time, <laughs> yeah. And, and the stadium looks like the these cottages that you could find all over town. Uh, It doesn't look like any ballpark you've ever been to. It really stands out. They did a great job out there. And I love the name. I love the logo. And I'm glad I went uh, to check out the pit I had a heck of a good time. And Traverse City, wow, beautiful little town right along the lake. Uh, There's a pedestrian sidewalk there that you can walk and shop and eat and drink. People are on the boats. People are playing volleyball along the beach one heck of a resort place. That whole Northern Michigan is just such a very un, unchartered gem to a lot of us. And it's pricey though. That's the only problem. Hotels up there about uh, a you know a squalid looking hotel, a shabby hotel is going to cost you about 150 bucks during the prime season. A nice hotel will cost you about 350 bucks. So it's going to cost money to go up there. Just uh that's the only bad part about it. It's not like you can just get a cheap hotel like I did in Lansing. I had to drive about an hour outside of town uh to stay uh, at uh Big Falls, Michigan, which is home to Ferris State. So, you know, there's a will there's a way. But beautiful scenery up there. It's just it doesn't even feel like you're in the Midwest. It Feels like you're on the coast somewhere in Big Love. Big it. Rapids, Michigan. Big home Rapids, thank you. Yeah, Ferris State, which you know, not a bad-looking college uh, campus as well. I took, a, I took a drive around there. That's not too far to go to if we need any updates in the future when things get back to normal. Go Bulldogs. Go
1: Bulldogs. So uh, I took a trip this past weekend, too. Mine was not as enjoyable as yours, Mark. I went, to, I went to a great place. I went to Glens Falls, New York. Now, Glens Falls is a great little city. Um, it's actually, it is a little city. It's got a population of about 14,000. It's not very big, but it's got a great downtown, great little downtown. Yeah, it's got some group pubs, nice a lot of, lot of great ice cream places. It's a summer kind of resort town. Lake George is about 20 minutes to the north of it. Uh, Sarasota Springs is nearby, uh, all, that, all that good stuff. The Adirondack Mountains. It's right at the beginning of Adirondack State Park. So a lot to do in, in Glens Glen Falls. But I went there to go to East Field. Home, which is uh, was built in 1980 for the Glens Falls White Sox. At the time, this was a Double A team in the Eastern Mm -hmm. League. Now, I don't know how many 80s-era ballparks our listeners have been to, but in the 80s, they didn't really invest a lot (laughs) into ballpark design. Like the old parks, like that were built in the 30s and 40s, are beautiful. Mm -hmm. And they're brick, and they're sturdy. And then in the 90s, we got the stadium building boom with all the amenities and all the creature comforts. In the 80s, what they basically did, slapped a big bunch of bleachers around a baseball diamond and called it a day. And -hmm. that's all that Eastfield is. It's seven sets of bleachers that circle a ball field. So it's ugly as sin. Um, And these these, uh, bleachers look like they haven't been replaced or – maintained since the 80s so you walk on it you know i'm kind of a big guy so i'm walking on some of these bleachers and the the wood is going <laughs> and, I'm like, and i was at the top taking some pictures for a stadium journey review so i'm about 40 feet up in the air and i'm like this thing's gonna collapse and i'm gonna die <laughs> in uh east field of all places uh new york state is only allowing outdoor gatherings of 50 people right now so we had about 50 people at the ballpark normally this is now, the home of the Glens Falls Dragons of the Perfect Game Collegiate League. Perfect Game League decided to call their seasons because of the coronavirus. So, uh, a new league of local players called the Inter Independent Collegiate Baseball League set up shop in Glens Falls and in Amsterdam in two small ballparks. And uh, they're playing three times a week there. So, we went and saw the Glens Falls Independents and the Albany Athletics play. Uh, this was one of the worst ballparks I've ever been to. We found a nice seat. We found a picnic table right down by the fence, so we were right at field level. But it may be different for a regular Dragons game with uh with a bigger crowd the average, about a thousand fans a game. So it might be better. But as far as a ballpark, aesthetics wise, seven sets of wooden bleachers circling a baseball diamond. And it's used for baseball and football. Oh the scoreboard out in left field, gone. They took it down last year, haven't replaced it yet. Wow. They have bleachers behind right field, correct? And center field and right field, those are basically used for football. But if you wanted to, you you can toodle out there and check them out. And uh, they actually have plans to put in some real seats. They took 1,500 seats from Riverfront Stadium in Newark, New Jersey, which was just down. And so they're going to set up a little bit of a concourse and stuff. And so hopefully it'll it'll look a little nicer in a couple of years. There's no timetable right now. They don't have the funds to do this renovation but it's in the works so hopefully Eastfield will look um will look better um not one of my favorite places but you know what right now yeah. I'll go watch a wiffle ball game in somebody's backyard and I'll be uh,
3: that's exactly how I felt I I didn't mind driving three hours to go <laughs> watch a base a baseball game in an 8,000 seat
1: stadium with 100 people
3: <laughs> you're desperate for yeah. baseball
1: yep there were about 50 people this, this was a 6,000 seat stadium with 50 people in it so it, it, it to use belichick's favorite phrase it is what it is I was, I was just glad to be at a ball game so uh that's all the trips we took so this is where we'll wrap it all up i want to thank everybody for tuning in dan where can our listeners follow you online
2: uh you follow me online at dan83 and real quick i want to thank purple flavored trash which
1: <laughs> great nickname
2: great nickname and it tastes heavenly i can tell you uh not Corporal, Need Him, Momo Chan Jones, uh, Aviator Girl, and Moderator Danny, and several others who were in the room that were not signed in but were listening, thank you. Please come back next
1: time. Absolutely. Thanks for listening, everybody. Especially uh, Purple
2: Flavor Trash.
1: Purple Flavor Trash. I've had Purple Punch. I I <laughs> imagine that uh,
2: it's probably better. Yeah,
1: yeah. The Trash, uh, did, not the Punch. Did you let our listeners know where you can be followed? Yeah, DanLow93. Uh, Sorry. Awesome. Mark, how about you? Any uh, any trips planned for the upcoming couple of weeks? And I like that he doesn't college? ask that he uh, – Dan, you go anywhere? No.
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> Dan, <laughs> we've yes, been doing uh, the show for three years. I know the answer.
3: <laughs> I, I am pl- – yes. Well, no. I, I am planning to go to Florence to see the Y'alls. Uh, they are in conjunction with the Lexington Legends on playing the Bourbon Barrel Series. So they have two teams in each ballpark, and they sort of intermingle. Uh, hopefully I can get to see two of them. I do have a good buddy from college uh, that lives in Lexington. So uh, I've been meaning to make a trip there. So I probably will check that out. Maybe not this weekend. I'll be in Chicago with the family and my wife said no baseball, which is a little bit irritating because there's baseball going on in some of those minor league parks. So probably, uh, two weeks from now, a little less than two weeks, I'll be in Kentucky and you can check that out on uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and on my uh, YouTube page, Ballpark Hunter, you can find me on all those social platforms.
1: Dave, I know you don't have any stadium journeys planned because you're up in Canada. They don't let like you. There's
4: there, to there go. Are no sports. Yeah. <laughs> if so I, I drive to Toronto, I could I could just listen outside the bubble and, and listen to hockey players coming in and out. Or something. Uh, I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. you can't.
1: The Blue Jays are not even in Toronto. They're in Buffalo.
4: No. No, I, and who knows? I, I don't even know if the Jays will, if the baseball will make it long enough
1: for the Jays to actually get to Buffalo. But I, What's the start <laughs> date for them in Buffalo? Who,
4: know, who knows? Who knows? Pardon. In August, right? Uh, the 11th, I think, is their scheduled first game. But I don't
1: know. Yeah, I don't know if baseball baseball's going to make way it another week. Way. Way. There's, there's, there's no dropping, way. Like, <laughs> you're dropping
4: like flies. There's, there's no way
1: baseball so, makes yeah, it. So yeah,
4: not going anywhere. Um, the literary journey continues. I just finished the Battle of Alberta. Uh, by Mark Spector. That was that was pretty interesting. And uh, Buck Martinez Changeup, uh, where he acts like an old man and just complains about what sucks about baseball now. So that was fun. Uh, Paul, you might, you might be able to um, relate to this one. So right now I'm into Bouncing Back, which is the story of the Toronto Argonauts from 1983 and how they broke their 30-plus-year uh, Grey Cup drought. So, being a Red Sox fan, you know, I know it was a lot more than 30 years. But
1: Well, I wasn't around for a lot of it, so.
4: Actually, I think all your teams had, had significant droughts. Did they not? No. No? No,
1: no. Yes. yes. A yes.
2: Who mind. cares? Who cares? <laughs> Who gives a damn? Move hey, on.
1: It's, it's been a whole week since we Shut won the title up. now. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. It's been so so seven, can, seven can... long days, Dan. Since we won a cup there and a, a trophy in Got Boston. Buck Faustin.
4: You can follow all of that. No championships here at the moment, although the Raptors look darn good. Uh, you can follow that at Philippine9 on Twitter.
1: And you can follow my stadium journeys on Twitter or Instagram at PuckmanRI. And I do have a trip planned. Uh, we liked the Independent Collegiate Baseball League so much that we're going back next week. But we're not going to Glens Falls. We're going to Amsterdam. We're going to check out oh, Shuttle, nice. Shuttleworth Field in Amsterdam, New York, which is normally the home of the Amsterdam Mohawks, the premier yeah. team. In He's going to have
2: an Amsterdam good time.
1: Wham, bam, Amsterdam, yeah. as uh, Van Halen sang one time. And, and we don't have that ballpark on our No, we do not. S- site. Um, that um, be the, way exciting? the way they're doing it, pretty is pretty cool. They're not letting fans into the park, per se, but they're renting out pic- they place picnic tables all around the field, and you can buy a picnic table. So you, we um, got a picnic table of four, costs us forty dollars, but they give you forty dollars worth of food. So if anybody's in the Amsterdam area, I do have one spot left at my picnic table. If anyone's interested? You, you could all get right. a press pass and just walk inside and take some pictures oh, and come right. back. out. I'm not doing it that
3: way. You could. <laughs> if you want the real pictures.
1: That's it. I wanna, I, I wanna experience like a fan would. But uh, again, follow me at Puckman RI. Right. Take a break. Until next time, check out our website, stadiumjourney.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Stadium Journey. We've got a Facebook page, too. Uh, you can find the Stadium Journey podcast at vocnation.com or search VOC Nation on iTunes or Android, if I should I say, or any podcast aggregator. They all work. Check out our video simulcast of all of our podcasts on our YouTube page. And remember, while well, some of you are already there, we simulcast all our episodes live at twitch.tv. By StanLaw83. We will return in two weeks and we'll be joined by Dustin Reese to talk about venues in the great big city of Chicago. And we'll talk some Italian music. For Dan Calachico, Mark Viquez, and Dave Cotney, I'm Paul Baker. Until next time, everyone, take care of yourselves and take care of each other. The bare, man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I've
0: traveled, my share, man. I've been everywhere. I've been everywhere. This is Lance Storm, and if I can be serious for a minute, you're listening
3: to VOC Nation Worldwide.
0: VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts also include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer, The Maestro, former Impact performer, Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor, Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality, Bruce Wirtz. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling With History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirtz, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern and In the Room. Featuring pro wrestling illustrator Brady Hicks and WCW alum, The Maestro. Both shows take callers live during the show. And recent guests have included General Adon, Nito Santana, Haku, Earl Hebner, Danger Danny Davis, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Brodus Clay, and so many more. Archive free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, And so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter at VOCNation.
2: Wakey, wakey, eggs and Bakey The morning after right here on the VOC Nation radio network. Brady Hicks and Homeboy Rap Boy here. I tell you what, we got a good show right here in the afternoon at 12 o'clock. Eastern Standard Time, on the VOC Nation. Talking wrestling, football, news, whatever's going on in the world today. VOCNation.com Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and and wrestling, check it out, vocnation.com, WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. The
3: worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network.